0: Hey y'all, it's the NPR Politics Podcast. We are coming to you with the first of four daily episodes from the Democratic National Convention here in Philadelphia. Bernie Sanders and Michelle Obama were the big speakers last night, but even before the convention got started, there was so much news. The leader of the Democratic National Committee resigned after about 20,000 hacked emails were posted online. And those hackers may have been the Russian government. I know, right? Election 2016. Anyway, we'll get into all of this. I'm Sam Sanders, campaign reporter.
1: I'm Asma Khalid. I cover demographics in the campaign.
0: Ron Elving, editor correspondent. So where do we start? I mean, where do we, where we, do we start? start? I where guess do we start? The first thing we should do right now is welcome our new listeners. We have a lot of new ones.
1: Hi. Hi, new listeners. Thank you,
0: guys. Greetings. You know, I
1: ran into a couple of NPR Politics podcast listeners I know. at the convention. It's been. Nice. And, and, and we well, it always take selfies. Yeah,
0: it's been both conventions now, yeah. so we have a bipartisan support.
1: We appreciate you. Yes.
0: Anyways. Thanks for joining us. Asma and Ron are just two members of the much larger NPR Politics Pod Squad. You'll hear them and others on the show any given day. Uh, so Asma, set the scene. We're in the convention hall way, way, way up. Where are we
1: right now? Yeah, we're in balcony level at the Wells Fargo Arena. Um... Balcony level means we're kind of um, straight across, straight across the from the balloons. Mm-hmm. So those red, white, and blue balloons you'll see. Uh, Some of those are us. Yeah. yeah, but you get, we're sort of dead center to the stage, the stage where you know, Bernie Sanders, Michelle Obama, and many others spoke tonight.
0: Yeah, and you know, so the big story today was Bernie Sanders and Bernie Sanders supporters. This whole day was this really tense dance. You know, How much unity would there be after the DNC chair, Debbie Wasserman Schultz, had to actually resign over all these hacked emails. It showed the DNC wasn't operating impartially during the primaries. And the emails say a lot of things, right? Yes they do, but let's remember that before the
2: email scandal began Many people had already gotten in vans all over the country and headed this way. People had started out in Seattle a week ago before they'd ever heard of these emails. And with no thought that Debbie Wasserman Schultz would have been exposed as having run this shop that was putting a thumb on the scales uh, through the primaries, even though, of course, most people already suspected that and had seen plenty of evidence of it. And so they came, they made the commitment to come here and they got pretty excited about coming here and supporting Bernie Sanders and not supporting Hillary Clinton. Yeah. And that's two different things. Well before they knew about the emails. Well, Ron, but,
1: doesn't it kind of confirm people's suspicions? I heard that from a few Bernie Sanders delegates who said, you know, maybe we, we had thought that such, you know, sort of behind-the-scenes action was going on, but those leaked emails kind yeah. of confirmed their suspicions, they told me.
2: I, I frankly thought... I was not surprised that there were those kinds of conversations going on about how can we undercut Bernie Sanders because it was clear that 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 Debbie Wasserman Schultz was much more in favor of Hillary Clinton, didn't have any use for Bernie Sanders, thought of him as a non-Democrat. She's the chairman of the Democratic National Committee, and her job is to pick a Democratic nominee. She didn't think Bernie Sanders qualified. Yeah. And that's not to say that it isn't outrageous. It's just that I don't think very many Bernie Sanders
0: people were surprised to hear that they were talking exactly the way they thought they were yeah. talking. So this is the backdrop. Amidst all of this stuff, she announces that she will resign Sunday. She'll not chair the convention, and then she'll resign as chair of the DNC after the convention. That's right. Anyway, so we'll get to the events of the day, but um, let's hear the roar of the crowd actually uh, when Bernie Sanders took the stage at the end of the night, just before 11 p.m. or so. Thank you. And I was down there during this moment. It was the longest sustained applause that I had heard all night. Uh, He had to wait about three minutes just to start speaking. And there were Bernie signs all over, chants and cheers of support, Bernie, 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 Bernie. Thank you all very much. It was as if for a minute you could believe that he had won the nomination in that room. (laughs) And I think that's a good way to
2: put it because for a lot of the people who came here to support him, not just the people who voted for him in the spring, but the people who really made the trip to be here, whether they're delegates or not, and many of the people here to support him are not actually voting delegates, those people believe he did win the nomination, and for them this business about the DNC emails is just confirmation that somehow he got done dirty. He got it stolen from him and they bring up when you talk to them they bring up oh there were all those people who weren't registered in Brooklyn even though it turns out they were in neighborhoods that went heavily for Hillary Clinton and there were all those people who didn't get to vote in Phoenix because there weren't enough places to vote even though that was because the Republican legislature had cut back on the number of places there were to vote in Phoenix. It had nothing to do with Debbie Wasserman. Schultz had nothing to do with the DNC but it's all of a piece in the minds of Bernie Sanders' supporters.
0: Yeah. But Sanders, in his speech, does basically uh, say that Hillary Clinton is the way to stop Trump, and he is—he er, urges the entire room to support her. We have some tape of that.
3: We need leadership, which brings our people together and makes us stronger. not leadership which insults Latinos and Mexicans, insults Muslims and women, African-Americans and veterans, and seeks to divide us up. By these measures, any objective observer will conclude that based on her ideas and her leadership, Hillary Clinton must become the next president of the United States.
1: And that line got rip-roaring applause in the arena, I mean, which I thought was really interesting because all night we kept hearing sort of cheers and jeers and, and chants of Bernie. And to me, at that moment, the cheers outweighed any sort of, you know, possible boos or, or, or folks, you know, being upset with that when you were down on the floor.
2: And of course that is the consensus of this convention. Of the 1800 Bernie Sanders delegates and the much larger number of Clinton delegates, the great majority of both groups feels that Hillary Clinton is more qualified to be president than Donald Trump. That is not in dispute here. But there is a minority of the Sanders. A very vocal minority. And that's the point. A highly vocal and irreconcilable minority, which is mad at Bernie now because he has sold them out. He has capitulated
0: to the man, in this case, the woman. So let's get to, to some more of that speech from Bernie Sanders. He did say at one point that he and Hillary Clinton don't see eye to eye on everything.
3: It is no secret that Hillary Clinton and I disagree on a number of issues. That is what this campaign has been about. That is what democracy is about.
0: And he also talked about the stuff that he fought to include in the official party platform.
3: The Democratic Party now calls for breaking up the major financial institutions on Wall Street and the passage of a 21st century Glass-Steagall Act. It also calls for strong opposition to job killing trade agreements like the TPP.
0: There were so many no TPP signs throughout the hall tonight. It's, it's become the lingering issue of division, or one of them, right? One has to wonder how many of the people holding up those
2: signs know that this was one of the main things that Barack Obama wanted to accomplish in the last years of his presidency, or how many of them really understand what the Trans Pacific Partnership is really all about. But I do understand what they do know. (laughs) I do understand what they do know, which is that past trade deals from NAFTA on have resulted in some loss of jobs in some parts of the United States, in certain parts of the economy. Many of them feel that those were their jobs.
0: And those are—I mean—it's valid to feel that way because yes, there are large swaths of the country where manufacturing has disappeared, and people say that's because of these trade deals. Right? They say
2: that, and there is an argument to be made. It is not necessarily as open and shut as Bernie Sanders has made it sound, well, or Donald is. Trump, for that matter. But they can campaign against trade deals and make it stick. With a certain uh, kind of voter, and that kind of voter was here tonight and very vocal. Yeah.
1: And that's the thing, yeah. You know, I was gonna say. I mean, the the sense that people are vocal to me is so interesting because I spent a lot of time on the floor tonight, and I did speak to some Bernie Sanders supporters who said to me, you know, we don't agree with the booing and and the heckling, and that you know, one young woman from Wisconsin said she wants to hear the speeches, and she's like, I didn't come here as you know a Hillary Clinton supporter per se, but uh, she intends to vote for whoever is the Democratic nominee, you know. I I don't know. Part of me also wonders how much of this is generational, which we have talked about ad nauseum this campaign season, but I um, was in the stands kind of around the California delegation area, and I happened to... They were the
0: most rowdy today.
1: Yeah, and I happened to walk into an extremely heated debate between a Bernie Sanders delegate and a Hillary Clinton delegate.
0: I'm here to make sure that
2: the the, the Democratic Party is as progressive as it possibly can be in whatever form or fashion that means. At the
4: that was said just like a 25 year old would say it i lived through what happened when robert kennedy was killed
1: she was trying to warn this 25 year old delegate that you don't know i lived through that era when we elected a very or we nominated but a very liberal person but you know what makes
0: person. a young person really really mad when you say you don't know i lived through it yes and i know i know
2: exactly. that i have i have battled the temptation to say that many times
4: Ends up there because you don't take responsibility for the other Bernie. Question straight up. I
1: mean, do you have any uh, desire, or would you ever support Donald Trump at
2: that point? Would I ever support Donald Trump? No, because I'm not a racist or a bigot.
0: Whoa. Fingers Here's one being thing pointed. Here's one thing I will never do, or I've stopped doing. Thank goodness, arguing with strangers. <laughs> if I don't know you. <laughs> You're but they were members me? of the
1: delegation. They, they're, they're, they're not family.
2: family. Well, and we try to make sure that there are plenty of people that know you that are your good, close friends that you can argue with.
0: Thank you. I appreciate that. So I
1: think the idea that she was insinuating that you're going to be the cause of a Donald Trump victory was really offensive. So do again.
0: these two people leave this convention Thursday night at 12 midnight, united? Ron's mouthing no. I don't think those two <laughs> people. I don't think those two people. Not those two. But many of
2: the rest of the thousands of delegates here. There are thousands of delegates here. More than the RNC, right? Oh, yes, yes, substantially more. And uh, they also have more alternates. And all of these people are in the hall. And that means that you have a wide swath of the politically involved and perhaps hyper-involved Americans uh, present in this room, and therefore, you're going to have a certain kind of energy. And I don't think that every pair of arguing Hillary and Bernie people are ever going to unite. but there will be many people who are at least susceptible to coming together before it's all over, depending on the behavior of the delegates between now and Thursday night and on the appeals and the the strength of the appeals that are made for unity by the people speaking on stage.
0: Yeah. So one more little tidbit to mention about uh, these emails heard around the world is that the hack itself is now being linked to the Russians what is this Ron please tell me what's going on I'm so what
1: I'm confused too. okay
2: several weeks ago the Washington Post reported that a cybersecurity firm had been hired by the DNC because they thought they were being hacked hmm. and this cybersecurity firm had reported that yes indeed they had been hacked not by just one but by two elements coming from elsewhere, and because of some of the markers that were left by the hackers, they were able to narrow that down and identify two groups, both of which they associate with Russia. And then what happens is WikiLeaks, which is anti-secrecy and tries to, you know, bust up people's secrecy by publishing things they'd rather keep secret, got hold of these emails somehow, and so was it the Russians who gave it to them? they won't say but they don't deny it what they say is you can't prove
0: that but then there's a wrinkle right because Trump has some business ties to Russia and one of his top aides Paul Manafort has even closer ties. Can well, you Paul, that?
2: Paul Manafort, who has made a living for a number of years now representing governments and particularly strongman governments around so the foreign world, governments. foreign governments around the world, uh, particularly those that had a strongman kind of format, a very highly authoritarian government, was the man who was handling business internationally and representing Viktor Yanukovych, who was the Ukrainian leader in Kiev who was associated with Vladimir Putin. He was, in many people's estimation, a puppet of Vladimir Putin. He was deposed a couple of years ago, and that's what started the current tension between Ukraine and Russia because they were no longer in thrall to Moscow. Paul Manafort represented that guy. Huh. So that raises all kinds of questions about how Mr. Putin feels about Mr. Manafort and how Mr. Putin may feel about Mr. Trump. Oh, my so much and, and that and of course we do not know we don't know we don't know that one of those two or both of those russian hackers actually delivered the emails to wikileaks julian assange the famous leader of wikileaks has said there's no proof of that he yeah. didn't deny it he didn't identify anyone else as the source but he said there's no proof of that
0: so there's a lot to cover there we'll keep talking about this in podcasts in the future as we learn more but let's go back to the convention today after the very start of it there was a musical number by boys to men
1: Wastemen.
0: just three of them though they did Cooley High Harmony fun fact this CD Coolie High Harmony was my first CD ever
1: oh. CD that's quite yeah. famous we used to have them on mixtape <sighs>
2: Wow!
0: <laughs> what was your first CD, was Ron? first CD, What was your first CD?
2: Oh, but you know, but it's I mean, my first CD was was a CD of something that I probably had on vinyl for twenty years. <laughs> <laughs> you know, but but uh, but I think actually the first CD that I bought that I had not had on vinyl was a, a Stevie Winwood comeback attempt. Okay. Yeah. Well, back in the life. You might. Some people actually bought it. it I was love actually that fairly one.
0: Fairly back in the life it was called. I'm kidding, Stevie Winwood. No, you don't. Have it. No, I understand.
1: <laughs> I thought you didn't. I was going to try to play cool. So,
0: boys to men, just three of the four, or boys to old men, I might say. Oh, oh sorry. They're aging. They're
4: native? Philly? They're Philly.
0: They're Philly yeah. born and raised. Yeah. Anyways, after that, there was an invocation led by Dr. Cynthia Hale.
4: We have an opportunity, oh God, to give undeniable evidence of our commitment to justice and equality by nominating Hillary Rodden Clinton as our candidate
0: and it's the first, that's the first mention of Clinton's name, and then the booze starts, and then there's chants of Bernie, Bernie, Bernie. And for like the first hour or two, the hall was just lit. Mm-hmm. Whenever you said this woman's name. Mm-hmm.
4: Now give us courage for the facing of this hour.
0: It subsided over time, but for a while it was crazy. It was crazy at first it really was it
2: was like two two you know you were in a high school basketball game mm-hmm. gym and the two mm-hmm. sides were screaming
0: stuff yeah. back and forth it's at each like other. The the other. like when like most
1: of that didn't look good i mean there were a number of uh, people of color who were supporting hillary clinton on stage and they were getting booed i mean and, and to be fair you know many i spoke to some of these african american delegates who told me they felt like it was unfair that that she had rightfully won the nomination a- and the optics of that just didn't really look good yeah. regardless of yeah. why it was happening.
0: You know, so after Wasserman Schultz stepped down from her role, she was replaced by Marsha Fudge, a black member of the House of Reps from Ohio, and she was being booed over the- very loudly. And at one point she says to them,
4: Matt, just "Make a point. point. There, there are many of you that do not know me, know me in, in this room. room. But, but let, let me say, say to you, you I intend to be fair. I want to hear the varying opinions here. I'm going to be respectful of you, and I want you to be respectful of me.
0: She was basically arguing for calm in the room. Over the next few hours, things did calm down. And there was kind of a turning point that I saw. Um, Minnesota Senator Al Franken came out with the comedian, Sarah Silverman, and she had been a strong Bernie supporter. And so they introduced themselves to talk about who they supported in the primaries.
3: I'm Senator Al Franken, and this, this past year, I've been hashtag I'm with her.
2: And I'm Sarah Silverman, and this past year, I've been feeling the burn.
0: And then Silverman basically took some shots at Trump.
2: This Democratic primary was exemplary. No name-calling, no comments about the size of candidates' hands or ethnicity or how much they sweat or if they go to the bathroom. Inside secret, they do. That stuff is for third graders. Come on. That's like major arrested development stuff. That's I'm still emotionally for and calling people names from my golden crusted sandbox because I was given money instead of human touch or coping tools stuff.
0: And then she basically made the case for Hillary Clinton. Come on.
2: She's like the only person ever to be overqualified for a job as the president. So I tell you this, I will vote for Hillary with gusto.
0: People are still chanting and booing and saying Bernie, Bernie, Bernie. But then she's like... The Bernie...
2: Can I just say to the Bernie or bust people, you're being ridiculous.
0: Then the Hillary supporters kind of shouted down the Bernie supporters. It was just... People
2: have forgotten that conventions were meant to be fractious and contentious and to eventually reach agreement on a nominee. Uh, It's been a long time, but there was one convention that uh, went 17 days.
1: But my I feel Lord. like in all my lifetime they feel like these orchestrated affairs that are supposed to be to, you know, sort of fancy but shindigs to last crown nominee.
0: Like the nominee. It's been the,
1: all that, our that, lifetime though. That's right.
0: right? It
2: really started. Well, well, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it started it started a little bit in the seventies and then it got really kind of baroque in the eighties and nineties yeah, where it just got so scripted and so predictable and so orchestrated. There was really no reason to do it except as free advertising for the candidate. So, of course, the parties wanted to have four nights of free advertising. Yeah. And so they did it. And we, of course, the media just hooked and went right along <laughs> with them and gave them all
0: the free advertising. Yeah. And it really was absurd. Yeah. You know, so anyways, after that moment, we started to hear some speeches that begin to kind of bring the crowd together. Um, we heard from Cory Booker, the senator from New Jersey. Some thought he might have been Clinton's running mate. Anyway, he gave a speech that the crowd here really, really liked. And for the first time, they came together around it, it seemed. And he quoted Maya Angelou.
5: When Trump spews insulting and demeaning words about our fellow Americans, I think of that poem by Maya Angelou. Y'all know it. You know how it begins. You may write me down in history. With your bitter, twisted lies, you may trod me in the very dirt. But still, like dust, I rise. Well, y'all know it. Y'all know it.
2: Well, he's, he's, it, it's in this. reference to the general idea of America being an egalitarian society and that when we work together, we can accomplish anything, whether it's winning World War II.
5: We will rise. This is our history.
2: Or whether it's achieving greater equality.
5: We will rise.
2: My fellow Americans. Between different kinds of people in the country. Or My fellow Or, to go back to the Civil War, eliminating slavery.
5: We will rise. So, th- the way that
2: he did it, of course, I think, Immigrants. owes a lot to the dynamic of the black church and the way preachers in the black church will speak to the congregation and the congregation will speak back. And a kind of energy happens that is really quite transcendent.
5: Let us declare so that generations yet unborn can hear us. We are the United States of America. Our best days are ahead of us. And together with Hillary Clinton as our president, America, we will rise. God bless America. Let us rise together. God bless America.
0: So uh, let's talk about another speech that sought to unify from First Lady Michelle Obama, who actually made history tonight. She was the first First Lady to ever have her own words heard at both major parties' conventions in the same year. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> Thought about that one uh, on that, guys. Yes, I guess, oh, that's, true. I guess that's
2: true. Oh, Keep that in. Keep it was an, in. an extraordinary speech. I would say no one would have predicted necessarily that on a night when Bernie Sanders and Elizabeth Warren were both speaking, Elizabeth Warren was the keynoter, and we haven't talked much about her, but on such a night, and Cory Booker as well, all of whom are quite reputed as speakers, that a person who is actually not a politician would give the most affecting and unifying and powerful speech. But she gives
1: viral videos. I mean, this was the story I did on ATC, is that she was the reluctant political spouse who has now become this pop culture icon. Yeah.
0: You said ATC. Some folks don't know what it is. All things things considered. considered. (laughs) You should listen to that show. It's on the radio. (laughs) Anyways, so she's talking, and she begins to discuss her daughters and uh, about the hate in our politics. And she basically discusses going into the White House with her husband, knowing how much it would affect Sasha and Malia, her daughters.
4: And how well we managed this experience could truly make or break them. That is what Barack and I think about every day as we try to guide and protect our girls through the challenges of this unusual life in the spotlight. How we urge them to ignore those who question their father's citizenship or faith. How we insist that the hateful language they hear from public figures on TV does not represent the true spirit of this country. (laughs) How we explain that when someone is cruel or acts like a bully, you don't stoop to their level. No, our motto is, when they go low, we go high.
0: So the crowd's loving this. Uh, she goes on to say that the election is about shaping the world that kids will grow up in for the next four or eight years. She also made the case that Hillary Clinton got on board with her husband eight years ago, You know, even though she lost.
4: And when she didn't win the nomination eight years ago, she didn't get angry or disillusioned. Hillary did not pack up and go home, because as a true public servant, Hillary knows that this is so much bigger than her own desires and disappointments.
0: And so, the biggest moment of this speech seemed to be when she compared the, the historic nature of Clinton's run as a woman to her family. She talked about being the first black family yep. in the White House, a house built, by, built slaves, by
4: slaves, and
0: how much that meant. And then she talks about what Hillary Clinton could mean to her daughters, and she got pretty choked up here.
4: I wake up every morning in a house that was built by slaves. And- And and I watch my daughters, two beautiful, intelligent, black young women, playing with their dogs on the White House lawn. And And because of Hillary Clinton, my daughters and all our sons and daughters, Now take for granted that a woman can be president of the United States.
0: When you hear that crack in her voice, you're kind of like, what Democrat in this room is going to say no to that?
1: She was the unifier. I mean, in my mind, she was by far the most electrifying speaker of the night. I was on the floor, and when she came out, all you saw were these little purple placards of Michelle bouncing up and down. I had two guys behind me who, in the middle of her speech, started talking about how they feel like, you know, why, why doesn't she run for president? And the guy next to him goes, yeah, yeah, that's what I think. She should run for president. I mean, it, there was so much enthusiasm behind her that, as much as we talked about this night being about Bernie, i think what michelle obama did tonight is kind of what bill clinton did for barack obama four years ago
2: four years ago and and as many of the people in the party who were well-established figures in two thousand eight came out and did uh... in that year teddy kennedy and others came out and said we are investing the traditions and the legacy of the democratic party and its idealism in this new young man barack obama and join us and that was very powerful stuff some of it happened during the primaries in two thousand eight but a lot of it happened at that convention which was an enormously powerful convention in denver colorado which uh, people who have been to a lot of these things i think oftentimes say was the most uh, affecting convention they've ever seen
0: yeah you know there was another speech that was deemed the keynote but it was not the most energetic of the night I'm talking about massachusetts senator elizabeth warren um, Bernie yeah. Sanders'
1: kind of soul sister in many ways, but she was—I mean, <laughs> she is, before. no, she is. They're ideological sister, like brother and sister. You know, she was. Uh, if you hear her talk about TPP or income inequality or or higher minimum wage, I mean, they are ideologically so similar. And I've seen Elizabeth Warren before. I saw her in Cincinnati with Hillary Clinton at their big debut together. Um, this was not the same Elizabeth Warren I saw then. I sort don't of- know if it was the jeers that were troubling her or, or what.
4: Trump knows that the American people are angry. A fact so obvious he can see it from the top of the Trump Tower.
0: So, so you hear her getting booed throughout. So they was droning.
4: He and he alone can fix the rig system. Folks
0: were either yelling last long week, boos or, or like yelling no and just holding the no. Was it
4: to distract her? Or I was think it so. To, okay. Some
0: folks from California were yelling Goldman Sachs, Goldman Sachs. Other at folks. Elizabeth Warren. At, at Elizabeth uh, Warren. Yes.
2: Can, who, who has been, if anyone, has been the scourge of Wall Street in the last five, six, know. eight well, years. She is the one. Well, there the were former, other folks
0: yeah. that were yelling, we trusted you. Mm-hmm. We trusted you. Um, so and this was from all throughout the hall. she got I don't I won't say the worst of it, but she got the widest array of things yelled at her.
2: I think that that tells you a little bit about what we're dealing with here in terms of the hardest, hardest core of the re, of the re, you know resistors, the people who say
0: never Hillary. My big question is, given what happened tonight, do we see more of the jeering and the booing and the yelling tomorrow or have folks gotten it out of their system? Did having Bernie do what he did tonight kind of soothe those fears? But I have to note also, Bernie sent some messages and some texts and some emails to supporters today saying, don't do this.
2: He sent a very formal letter to every delegate saying, this is hurting our cause. This is hurting progressive interest. This is giving a misimpression of what this movement has been about. And please stop. We'll see if
0: that has an effect. So what do we expect tomorrow, Asma?
1: So yeah, tomorrow Bill Clinton will speak as well as the mothers of the movement who are a group of moms who've lost their kids to violence and uh, some of them specifically to police violence. And I think what we'll be really keen to see tomorrow is how the the stage and how the group how democrats talk about law enforcement right i mean i think that throughout the republican convention we constantly heard about blue lives matter as and if that was diametrically opposed to black lives matter what i think will be interesting to see from democrats is if they try to present a unified front of blue lives and black lives matter uh throughout this convention week Tomorrow also will be the roll call. So, I mean, Ron, you can probably explain this process better than me, but it will I I think that we will see some sort of Bernie chatter again because uh, we'll have both Bernie and uh, Bernie Sanders and Hillary Clinton supporters. The roll
2: call is when everybody gets to have their say, and it goes state by state. So if you're in a relatively small state, you might actually get to feel as though you heard your own personal vote called out at the convention floor, which is usually accompanied by a certain amount of, you know, happy horse feathers about what a great state Oklahoma is and what a great state California and New York and Minnesota and everybody has a little something to say and that oftentimes is the point at which everybody sort of gets it off their chest. Everybody sort of says, okay, now we've done it. We've come to be delegates and vote. We voted. We did the count and you know what? It turns out just the way everybody knew it would turn out.
0: So, we'll be here all week just for you guys uh, but that's enough for today thanks for writing us with your questions and your feedback at nprpolitics at npr.org by the way if you are new to our show go check out some past episodes I recommend very highly the musicals and politics episode because you get to hear Ron Elving and Bob Mondello sing um, it's really quite a treat Wait, Ron
1: why are you laughing at your own singing
0: you have a voice man it's the thing to do so it's a few episodes back in your feed check it out you'll love it Also, be sure to listen to NPR on your actual physical radio for more of our coverage of politics in the campaign all week long. I'm Sam Sanders, campaign reporter.
1: I'm Asma Khalid. I cover demographics in the campaign.
0: And I'm Ron Elving, editor-correspondent, vocalist. Sing a little bit of this album you mentioned. Steve no, Winwood. I really don't really don't think that's a production. <laughs> I still don't know I what that does. was.
2: I thought you did. <laughs> I don't know cool. Come on, you guys have never heard of Steve <laughs> Winwood. <laughs> <laughs> huh? I, I thought that. you knew. No.
4: So Stevie Winwood gotta, was
2: seven. This 17. has to be the outtake.